0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now, enjoy the message.
1: All right, this morning I want to continue my series we started last week. It's called My Crazy Emojis. And the idea of the series is we all kind of have some crazy emotions. Uh, maybe if you don't, maybe the person next to you has some crazy emotions, right? And so I think we could all gain something from this series, but I want to warn you, this series is not for the person next to you, it's for you, okay? And so I want to pre- preach you a message this morning I've titled, Walking on Water. Walking on Water, I bet you can guess which story in the scripture it's based on, right? Uh, Nehemiah, that's right, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 29. We're just going to read two verses uh, from this story. And most of you probably know the story. I'm going to explain as I go along. But I just want to read these two verses and, and, and start from there. It says, come, he said. This is Jesus speaking to Peter. And then it said, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me, okay? And so I wanna talk about that from, from this famous story of Peter walking on the water. He, they see Jesus, all the disciples are in a boat. They see Jesus coming across the, the water. They think it's a ghost, and so they're, they're fearful. And um, finally, Jesus says, it's me. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And he says, come. And then Peter, he's, he's the only one who does it. He steps out of the boat, walks on the water towards Jesus, sees the storm, and starts to sink. How many of you know everybody that in the world wants to believe they're different everybody wants to feel like you're the exception right and um, as I was thinking about an example of this maybe uh when you were dating or maybe you're dating now and and you always meet that guy or that girl who feels like they're the exception girls you ever meet a guy who's like girl I'm different all right I'm different than all those guys I promise. And then six months later, they're not different, okay? They, they just played the part. And guys, the girls do the same thing. But everyone wants to be the exception. But I want to start here and tell you, God is a God of exceptions. In fact, God makes exceptions. He made an exception when he parted the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to walk through on dry ground. He made an exception at that point. He made an exception when he allowed Elijah to be fed by a bird. Okay, usually people feed birds. This bird fed a man. Okay, God made an exception with Elijah. He made an exception uh, when a man prayed for the sun to stand still, so they could continue in battle. And the Bible says God made the sun stand still for a whole day. He made an exception. And if you don't, if that's not far enough for you, God made an exception when He when He allowed Jesus to be resurrected from the dead. He made an exception because before that, death was the end of everyone's life. But Jesus was the first to be born into new life and be resurrection. God is a God of exceptions. That means what happens with others doesn't have to dictate what happens with me. That doesn't mean that I think I'm better than others. That just means that I think I'm different than others. I think that what um, experiences everyone else has don't have to affect me as a follower of Jesus Christ the same way it affects everyone else. I'm different. I'm an exception. And so in that way, I think every Christian is called to be an exception. And the question is, if God makes exceptions, why not with me? If God is a God of exceptions, why can't I be an exception? Why can't I walk on what other people drown in? And if we're honest with ourselves, we've gone through some seasons of our life where we've been drowning in our emotions. They've gotten on top of us. You ever heard the expression, my emotions just got the best of me? In other words, my emotions got on top of me. This thing that, this thing that I want to walk on top of, it got on top of me. So the question is, how can we stay on top of what is normally on top of us? How can our emotional health be the exception? Because the, des- the desire of our life should be that other people would look at us and say, how are you so happy? How do you still have peace? How do you still have hope knowing all that you're going through? How are you How are you even going through this? After where you came from, how are you as happy? And how are you as whole as you are? Because what you've been through should have killed you or should have left you broken, but you're not. You're on top of it. You've ever been to a place where you feel like you're falling on par, but you can say, you know what? I'm on top of it. Or maybe you felt like giving up, but you say, you know what? I'm on top of it. I'm stressed, but I'm on top of it. It is not on top of me. I'm a little disappointed but I'm on top of it because I can walk on top of what gets on top of others I can walk on water I can walk on water and other people drown in it you know why because Christians were not built for the boat you are not built for safe you're built to step out and do what other people cannot do because there's a difference you're a rule breaker you can do what other people cannot do because you are an exception God created you to be an exception that means what affects people one way doesn't have to affect me the same way because I know Jesus. Matthew 14 offers us insight into overcoming something to walk on water. Because you got to know, if you're, if you're going to walk on water, if you're going to do something great for God, there are going to be times in your life where you're going to have obstacles. You have to be able to anticipate obstacles. In fact, the amount of success you're going to have in overcoming and walking on water and doing something supernatural and living a life that God called you to live is going to be directly related to your ability to step over obstacles that want to trip you up. Because there's plenty of things in front of us that want to trip us up. And this text wants to teach us something. It teaches us that you cannot walk on water if you trip getting out of the boat. Look at the person next to you and say, you tripping. You tripping. See, to step on water, you have to step over some things. There are some things, some obstacles that are going to be in front of you, and if you trip over everything in front of you, you will never walk on some things. You will never walk on some things that God gave you power to walk on because you're tripping on everything that's in front of you. And Peter's a great illustration of this. We read in chapter 14 that Peter got down. It's the very first thing I read. Peter got down. And this, this tells me something. There was 12 disciples in a boat. This wasn't like a canoe, okay? We don't know too much about the size of this boat. What we see in another story where there, Jesus is de- sleeping in another part of the boat, and the disciples are scared because of a storm, and they run and they wake up Jesus in this other part of the boat. So we know this is not a tiny boat. This is a decent-sized boat. In fact, Peter, he actually probably had to step over the side and climb down. That's why the Bible tells us Peter got down. It was a fairly large boat. To get out of the boat, it required him some intentionality. To walk on water, he first had to be able to step over some things. And if he had tripped over the side of the boat, he never would have been able to walk on water. It would have been a different story completely if he tripped getting out of the boat. And I need you to know this morning that the enemy wants to trip you up so that you cannot do what God has called you to do and it's emotionally. He wants to trip you up and and get you to believe some different things about yourself or get you to trip up over circumstances or things that people have done to you, and you'll never be able to do what God has created you to do, to walk on some things that get on top of others. You ever felt like you tripped before you even started? You ever been tripped up by some circumstances, allowed them to get on top of you? Because I feel like I know some people, and, and like I said, it's not you. This probably isn't for you. It's probably for the person next to you who trip up emotionally on everything the, and every obstacle that's put right in front of them. And so they, they hold themselves back from what God wants to do. In fact, I saw a little video that I feel like it, it resembles some of us emotionally. So Andrew, will you play that video for me?
0: Everybody's been slipping on ice. Let's see what these ladies do. Oh, it <laughs> <There> goes. <one. laughs>
1: oh, it's funny.
0: Oh. Ouch. <laughs> They're going to fall. They're going to fall. They're going to fall. <laughs> She's going to fall.
1: It's like six minutes of this. It's pretty awesome. I watched the whole thing. You can YouTube it later. But is Oh, really? It does sound like a... Um, but I feel like emotionally, some of us are like this. Everything that we encounter trips us up, that we're an easy target. And I need you to know this morning that if you're easily wounded, then you are difficult to bless. You know why? Because being a Christian invites Opposition. And if you're not prepared to handle opposition, you're going to trip over everything, and you're never going to advance to where God wants to take you emotionally and spiritually. And there's a next level that he wants to take you for, to, but you've got to quit tripping getting out of the boat. You need to walk on top of some things and stop allowing them to get the best and get on top of you. He wants to do some things in your life, but you keep tripping. There are some things we have to step over to walk on water, and um, another way to say stay on top of our emotions, and and the first one this morning I want you to write down if you're taking notes is opinions. If you're going to walk on water, you're going to have to step over some opinions of others. In this story, we see these 12 disciples in the boat and we, and we know a lot about the personalities of some of these disciples because the scripture is pretty open about them and they're pretty messed up people in parts of scripture. But I'm just thinking about the opinions that some of them probably had about Peter stepping out of the boat. I mean, you got doubting Thomas. I can just imagine. You remember when Jesus was resurrected, all the other disciples told him we saw Jesus, and he said, whatever, I don't believe you. Unless I stick my fingers in his hands or in his side, I'm not gonna believe what you say. What do you think Thomas' opinion of Peter is when Peter starts stepping out of the boat? Like, pfft. Look at Peter. Are you serious? This guy thinks he's going to be Jesus and walk on water. Or what about uh, James and John? There was a point where they, these brothers, they, they had this story in the scripture of them talking their mom into going to Jesus and saying, hey, give my sons a special place on your left and your right when you go into your father's kingdom. And so they, I can just imagine their opinion of Peter doing this. Like, look at Peter. Who does Peter think he is getting out of the boat like that? He's going to go walk on water. He thinks he's better than us. Can you just imagine the opinions of the disciples uh, on Peter getting out of the boat? And I need you to know sometimes the enemy will allow you to hear other people's doubts about you so that they can be your doubts about you. He wants you to hear other people's opinions so that you trip up and never believe who he says you are. But Peter already had a word from God that he could do what he called him to do. And opinions want to crowd out the voice of God that says, come. If Jesus says, come, you can come, but there's other voices that want to trip you up on your way and say, you have no business doing that. You can't do what you're about to try and do. And we have to be able to step over these opinions to get to where God has for us. And some of these opinions may be from people that helped you row to where you are. They helped you in the boat get to exactly where you are. And now all of a sudden they have an opinion about it. These are not strangers' opinions. These are people that you may have valued their opinion in the past. And maybe they're people that have been with you all along. But there's a pattern through scripture of stepping over these things. I remember uh, when David defeated Goliath, he had to step over some things to do that. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about in 1 Samuel 17, 28. It says, When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came only to watch the battle. Okay, let's talk about this opinion. The first thing that I notice is he says, Why did you leave those few sheep? And he starts tearing down his responsibility. You know why? Because he's intimidated by David's capability and he sees something, his pride and his ego sees something in David that he's not comfortable with. So he says, those few sheep, your little job, what are you doing out of your little field? Go back to the box I put you in and stay there. That sounds like some opinions I've received on my own life. I don't know about you. And the next thing he says is, You came to watch the battle. You just came over here to watch us, real warriors, do something great. We're battling for the nation of Israel. We are God's army and we're battling, and you just came out here to watch. In fact, but that's not the truth, is it? David came out there to bring food to feed them. His father asked him to feed him. He said, go to Chick-fil-A, pick up a bunch of spicy chicken sandwiches and bring them out to the battlefield for your brothers so that they can have food. But Eliab's opinion says, you just came out here to watch the battle. And then he finishes it up by even saying, you have a wicked heart. Now remember, David now has a choice. Am I going to trip over this opinion or am I going to uh, believe God? Because you know what God said about David's heart. He said this was a man after his own heart. But David is now up against an opinion that is the opposite of what God said. And he has to step over some things. And he did, and he defeated Goliath um, because he had to step over the opinion of someone that he loved and valued. His brother, his oldest brother, he had an opinion about his heart that was opposite of what God tried to say. You know that the people that judge you may just be the very people you're trying to feed. You may be trying to feed some people. They're the very ones that want to bite your hand. And if you never get over that, you will not walk on water because you'll become pessimistic and negative, And you will not have the optimism and the hope that is required to live out the life that God has for you. Because you trip over the opinions of others. If you're gonna walk on water, you might have to do it without Eliab's validation. There might be people in your life who say, you have no business doing that. Um, What do you think you're doing? You gotta get out anyways get out of the boat. You might have people that say you're going to fall on your face. I want you to know this morning, get out of the boat anyways. They say you're too old, get out anyways. They say you made too many mistakes, get out anyways, because my God's opinion is more important than than those people's opinions. David's brother, he he misinterpreted his motives. And if you're going to walk on water, you got to be ready to be misinterpreted by some people that are close to you. You got to understand there are people close to you that are going to say things like, oh, you think you're something, don't you? We're supposed to all be in the boat together. When we left, we were, we're a family, right? We grew up together and you, now you just think you're going to leave the boat. Can I ask you something? Why is it that I'm, in, I'm the one who's been wrong for leaving the boat? Why don't you step out of the boat with me and come with me into the next thing God has for me instead of whining and saying, why are you doing that? Well, I'm doing that because God called me to do that. You can call me whatever you want to, but I can't stay in the boat because I'm an exception and God has called me to greater things than staying here and staying in that. Can you walk on that? Or are you one of the type of people who, who needs to explain your motives every time someone questions your motives? Because there's, there's a desire in us to, to please people, and we always are explaining ourselves. No, no, that's not how it is. I came out here to, to bring you guys food. Dad told me to. And, and I actually, uh, I, and, uh, no, why are we explaining ourselves to people who aren't investing in us, who aren't, who aren't there for us, who aren't. Assisting us or interceding for us What value do, have they added to our life Can I tell you every loss in your life Is not a loss you got to do the math And say if they weren't there for me before anyways Then it doesn't matter what their opinion is for me i got to do an evaluation And understand there are certain people That I can say bye Felicia to And not worry about it And say you know what Don't let the door hit you Because you're not adding anything to my life And there are some people That their opinions will matter to me you got to be able to tell the difference Who's telling you what God's telling you about you? And who's telling you the opposite of what God's telling about you? Because there's some people that should not be giving you their opinion. If all you want is satisfaction from knowing people like you, you're going to trip over your own ego. And you'll never do what God has called you to do because there's some people who who are with you now that are not going to cheer for you when you step out of the boat. But their opinions don't matter because God, who said, come, has called you. And in that, that's the reason we got to get out of the boat. The second thing that you're going to have to step over if you want to walk on water and you want to walk on top of what other people are, gets on top of them is isolation. For Peter to walk out of the boat, he had to understand, I am entering into something that nobody's coming with me into. And if you want to do something, if you, here's, a, here's a good way to put it. If you want to be different, you've got to do something different. But we don't really want to be different. We don't like isolation. And what we do is we sacrifice our calling for our comfort and company. But there are going to be times in your life when God is calling you to a place and calling you to do something that nobody else has done it before, but you got to do it anyways because he's called you to it. You want to ask Bobby D if he's ever been in a season of isolation? I'm telling you, nobody, There's uh, people look at you crooked when you tell them what you do because they don't understand it, but God who's called you to it, if you're obedient, there'll be people who will come after you that need the path that you're giving them, but you got to be willing to be in a season of isolation where there's nobody with you, but you do it anyways. You got to be willing to step into some rooms where people are going to look at you and say, why are you here? And understand, you know what? I don't need their validation. I'm here because I prayed to be here. I'm here because God opened a door for me to be here. I'm here because I worked twice as hard as you to get here. That's why I'm here. Because God has opened it, a door for me. Whenever you're the first one, you're going to be the only one. Do it anyways. You might be the first woman to do it, do it anyways. You might be the first person to do it uh, from your background, do it anyways. Because God, if he's calling you to do it, you got to step over some comfort. you got to step over having company in that and say, this is my calling and I'm willing to be in a season of isolation. Peter understood that and, and Jesus understood that. Let me tell you something, the cross was not comfortable, it was isolated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cried out from the cross. Can I tell you, Jesus went through a season of isolation because it was his calling, and it was what God called him to do. And you got to be willing to do the same thing if you want to achieve what God has called you to do in your life. If you want to stay on top of your calling and on top of your emotions, you got to understand there's going to be seasons where no one's going with me, but I'm not going to trip over it. I'm going to keep going to what God has called me to do. The third thing that you're going to have to step over to walk on water is inadequacy. You know what I love about this story is Peter asked Jesus to tell him to come before he got out of the boat. You know what that means? That means Peter didn't walk on he didn't walk on water first, he first walked on the word. Jesus gave him a word, come. You know what that tells me? That tells me there's going to be seasons of your life where you don't know what you're going to, that you're able to do something, but God is going to call you to do it anyways, and it's going to stretch you. That you're going to do things you don't even know you can do. And other people are going to look at you and say, how are you? you look at you, you're walking on water. You're going to go, what? I am walking on water. What is going on? Hey, you're not even mad. I'm not mad. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know what's going on? You're on top of what gets on top of other people because you understand I can do it if God called me to it. Even if I feel inadequate, I'm not if God called me to it. You see, when Peter heard Jesus say, Come, it was confirmation to Peter that I'm capable to do this. And if Jesus has called you to something, you've already been confirmed. You've already been affirmed. You don't need 18 people and and different pastors to tell you you can do this. We we should encourage each other. But can I tell you, there's going to be some people, maybe even some pastors that say, I don't see it in you. But if God has called you to it, you better get out of the boat anyways. And don't trip over what other people tell you. Don't trip over your inadequacies that tell you you can't do it. If God has called you to it, he'll see you through it. Can I get an amen? (laughs) I'm just like... um, Uh, These things just come to me. It's a gift. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, Peter, he didn't just need to see Jesus do it. He needed to believe he could do it. You see, getting out of the boat and walking on water, it depends on what you think about God, but it also depends on what you think about you. And sometimes we're limited by our feeling of inadequacy that tells us that we can't do what God has already called us to do. You see, I have to fight off inadequacy daily as a pastor. It's just part of walking with God and doing what God has called you to do. Because there's voices and thoughts in your head battling against the calling of God on your life. Voices that say things like, you've taken them as far as you can take them. And you know what happens if I start to believe that is I don't try the same. Because I believe that my calling is no longer my calling from God. I start to believe my own inadequacies over God but God has called me to it. You know what that tells me? It's in me. He's in me and he's going to bring me to places so that other people can come along with me. And in the same way, whatever you feel like your inadequacies are, I want to tell you if God has called you to it, it is in you. He's already put the seed in there. It's your job to begin to water the seed and say, you know what, if I'm called to preach, I'm going to start to pray about it. I'm going to start to prepare messages. I'm going to ask People to help me along this journey, and I'm going to begin to water the seed that God has put into me, and then it comes to fruition. You wonder how people began became preachers. You look you you look at people, and you think, Wow, these are really good at public speaking. Can I tell you that is not how it started. It started as a seed of a person who was probably shaking in their boots every time they stood in front of people. But God has stirred something in them, and the inadequacies didn't didn't trip them up, and now they appear to walk on water. But it doesn't start that way. It starts by obedience and saying, God, I'm not going to. believe my inadequacies. I'm going to believe your word towards me that says that I'm called. You called me, Lord. You told me I have this in me. I believe it, and I'm walking it out in Jesus' name. The last thing that I want you to watch out, if you're getting out of the boat, it might try and trip you up, is offense and unforgiveness. Offense and unforgiveness wants to trip you up and keep you from walking on water and doing what God has called you to do. Matthew chapter four. Jesus is laying out the chapter 24, verse 10. Jesus is laying out this picture of the last days. I didn't put it in there. I have it written here though, guys. Um, and And he says something. I didn't really, I've read this so many times, I didn't really even notice this until recently. In verse 10 of chapter 24, it says, and then many will be offended, betray one another, and will hate one another. Can I tell you, in 2018, you cannot walk out of your house without offending somebody, right? Is, that, is, there, is there anybody that disagrees with that? If you have social media, you know how easy it is to offend somebody. It is also easy to be offended yourself. You can get offended while driving in traffic, right? Someone cuts you off. And then they flip you off and now you're offended. Um, maybe it's at a restaurant. You didn't get the refill when you wanted it. All of a sudden you're offended. Maybe it's in the line at the supermarket. I don't know where it is for you. Maybe it's getting gas. Maybe it's when someone talks to you like a kid. You ever had that happen? Mm, it'll offend you, right? Real, really quickly. Maybe it's when someone talks to your kid like that. You're like, oh, no, she didn't. Or maybe it's when your spouse acts like a kid. You get offended <laughs> really quick but there's always something that wants to trip you up. There's always something that wants to offend you. The Greek word that Jesus used here in Matthew twenty four ten, it actually means trap. It means trap. You need to know that there are people that are going to be trapped in a fence and never walk on top of what they are meant to walk on top of. And, and it's, it's, it's a trap, but I think if we realize it's a trap, we can take away its power. You know, years ago, um, when Jen and I, we, we bought our first house, uh, um, we had this problem in our house, and, and I, I would say it was demonic. I mean, it was pretty bad, and Jen's looking at me, she has no idea what I'm talking about. But don't judge me, but we had a mouse problem in our house. I mean, it was straight from hell. And uh, we laid out, I remember we laid out a trap to to catch the mouse and we baited it with what a mouse would like but you know what we didn't have kids at the time thank goodness because they could walk up not knowing what it was and put their hand in it but Jen and I we stayed away from it because I knew what it was and can I tell you if I know offense and unforgiveness is a trap I take away its power and I will no longer have a chance to catch me because I see the trap that it is. And, and when, I, when I get offended for, for something, I need to deal with it quickly. Because if I don't deal with it quickly, it can turn into bitterness. And it can turn, turn into these different things that it gets this root in my heart. And all of a sudden, this offense has made me trip. I need to deal with it quickly. A few weeks ago, I, I uh, broke a tooth. And if you know anything about me, I, I hate the dentist. I just don't like it. I'm not, I'm not scared of it. I'm a man, okay? I'm, I'm just saying. But... but I just don't like the dentist, it's not fun. So I started to weigh in my mind like, is this going to really be that bad? I mean, it doesn't hurt that bad right now. But you know, if I didn't deal with it immediately, it would turn into more pain and infection in the future. I needed to deal with it quickly. And in the same way, when you're feeling offense or unforgiveness towards someone, you need to deal with it right now because it wants to trip you up and take away the thing that God has for you. And you are meant to walk on top of that thing, but it wants to take it away from you. You have to step over a fence to walk on water. If you do not deal with offense, it will change your motives for walking on water. Let me explain. It will change your motives for doing what God has called you to do. Peter's motive, his entire motive for walking on water, was he was scared and he thought it's safer to be walking on water with Jesus than it is to stay in the boat with these disciples. That was it. I find it safer to be in the middle of the storm with Jesus than I do to be on a boat with these people. And that was his motivation. But if you're feeling offense and you're feeling unforgiveness... You got to understand that you can get to a place where you're no longer motivated by I just want to be with Jesus. You're motivated by you know what I want all these people to see where what I'm doing. I I started from the bottom. Now I'm here, okay? And they need to see those people who said that I can't do anything for God. You know what? Look at me now. You know what? Jesus, I'm about to walk on water. But can you hold this phone and record this? I need some haters to see what is happening because I was offended by what they said to me years ago. And all of a sudden, my motivation is completely about me, and it's stolen. The very thing I need to walk on water, and that thing is focus. You want to be able to walk on top of what gets on top of other people. You want to be able to get on top of your emotions and stay on top of them. It takes one thing, focus. Focus. And this stole Peter's focus, right? His focus was lost. He was able to walk on water when he kept his eyes on Jesus. You know the story. But when he started to look around at the storm, he began to sink. In the very thing that Jesus had called him to walk on top of. It stole his focus because walking on water, it requires more than vision. It requires focus. And to explain that a little bit, vision means the big picture. Everything I can see. And focus means what I need to look at right now. Like when I go to the eye doctor, I look at the chart. And the eye doctor said, I can see all the lines, right? And the eye doctor says, you can see all this, but I need you to read me line three. That means vision is the whole chart, but I need you to focus on line three and read me what it says there. And the difference is if I'm focused on what God has called me to focus on, then I can do things that he's called me to do. But when I start to get distracted, I can fall into the same pit as Peter did. You see, looking at all the things you see has you missing the thing you need to see. And you're trying to grow, and you're trying to find, uh, you know, what God has for you, and you're trying to get over some things emotionally, but every single wind, every single storm that happens around you steals your attention from Jesus. And everything that happens, you, you, feel, this, you feel this wind hit your face. It actually says something interesting in the story there. It says, when he saw the wind, and you, if, I mean... This is pretty elementary, but you cannot see wind, okay wind is not something you can see it's something you can feel and sense, but I think this is a this is in the scripture to show us that it stole his focus he was no longer seeing Jesus he was seeing the wind his focus was no longer on Jesus and he, he you got to understand if you 're going to walk on water, your emotions are trying to be a distraction to keep you from what God has for you you You're going to have to step over some things. You're going to have to feel the wind and not look. Because there's going to be wind. Can I get the worship team to come up and help me as I close? You're going to come up against wind in your life. The obstacles are going to come in your life. Being a Christian means you're going to come up against objections and obstacles in your life. But you have to be able to feel the wind and not look. Because what happened when Peter looked at it, what he was meant to walk on top of became something that was on top of him, and he began to drown. He began to sink in what he was meant to walk on. Maybe your wind looks like this. You, maybe you look at their opinions and say, what are they saying about me? Maybe your wind this morning is you look at them and you say, look at how they're looking at me. Uh, what, nobody's with me. I don't know. This feels, this feels awkward. I'm all alone. I'm isolated out here. Maybe your wind says, look at my limitations. I don't think I have it in me to do this. I don't think I can do what God has called me to do. Or maybe your wind says, look at what they did to me. And they And maybe even it was people at church. Look at what they did to me. They're supposed to represent God. I don't want anything to do with this. What does your wind look like this morning? Because I need you to know you need to walk on water. You need to keep looking at Jesus and not lose your focus because the wind is going to come and it's going to blow one way, and then that wind may die down, but then there's going to be another wind, and you can go through, you can go through your life, toss back and forth, the scripture talks about this, by your emotions, and back and forth, back and forth, there's a wind over here, and then there's a wind over here, and you can have this expectation that it's going to get better, but I promise you, until you learn, every wind that blows against me doesn't have to steal my focus, and I don't have to respond to it, I can keep my focus on Jesus, and no wind that comes against me can throw me, if Jesus called Peter to it and said, come, that meant Peter had the ability to walk all the way to Jesus because Jesus told him, come. But Peter didn't get as far as he, Jesus had called him to because the wind stole his attention away from Jesus. And the same thing might be happening with you where God has called you to something and your focus is okay for a while, but then your crazy family calls and messes everything up and all of a sudden your focus is no longer on what's greater in your next season. It's on that last season and that offense that you had back there and that unforgiveness and all of a sudden you're not getting to what God has called you to. He's called you to freedom from being led by your emotions. You know what? I need you to know this morning as I close that there is not just a wind of emotion and a wind of circumstance that wants to blow against your life. Jesus Christ sent another wind, and it's a sound like a rushing wind. And it came and it no longer steals your, it's not a wind that steals your focus from Jesus. It's a wind that puts your focus on Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit. And he sent the Holy Spirit to direct you that I will not be led by my emotions. I will be led by the wind of the Holy Spirit that will always take my attention back to Jesus. That when a wind comes against my face that I don't like and it wants to to steal my emotions, I'm going to say, Jesus, send the wind of the Holy Spirit to bring healing to this unforgiveness in my heart because I want to keep my attention on Jesus because there's a Holy Spirit that's calling me to walk to a place that I'm not able to. I need to stay on top of it, and I'm not going to be tripped up by these things in front of me. Come on, if you're here this morning and you need the wind of the Holy Spirit to keep your focus on Jesus, I want to ask you to stand up to your feet right now, and we're going to worship for a minute. I just want to say, Jesus, we need the wind of your Holy Spirit in this house, God. We don't want to be a people that's like other people. We want to be an exception that stands out to the world and says, these Christians, they're different. There's something that they can walk on top of that I can't. And in the name of Jesus, we just proclaim power through your Holy Spirit to overcome offense and overcome inadequacy and overcome isolation and overcome other people's opinions, because you've called us to something, and I will no longer trip over every wind and everything that wants to stand in my way. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this place. Come on, worship Him and say, Jesus. I." I need power over my emotions this morning.
0: So you're in here, and you're trying to figure it out in your head what he's called you to do, right? It doesn't make any sense, but he's called you. But Lord, I'm trying to figure it out in my head It's different. You're in here today. You just have to say yes. Okay? I'm a DJ. Really? You're going to play worship CDs and heaven's going to show up wherever you go. Does that make sense to any of you? But 100,000 people have worship CDs that I've created for the kingdom plus. People have gone to heaven in those sessions, right, Jen? 24-7 worship. Does that make any sense? It does to the people that it affects. I had to say yes. And everything that Brent was saying so powerful today was an example. Get out of the boat. Just say yes. If you're here today and you're afraid, do it afraid. Come forward. Is this an altar call for you? This is a declaration in your heart before God saying, I will say yes to what you've called me to do. Even if I don't understand it, I will say yes. So Mitch and Jen, Mitch and um, Athena were supposed to be here. So do you know who they are? Raise your hand real short because they're watching. Raise your hand if you know Mitch and Athena. So Mitch gets on, and a couple weeks ago, he does a thing on YouTube, social media. And I didn't watch it. And I didn't watch it. And finally, I watch it, and it's a declaration. Hi, Bruce. He's explaining where he came from, the depths of darkness that Mitch came out of. And he's scared and he's telling his testimony. And oh my goodness gracious, oh my God, the power of the anointing that is on him when he's sharing this is so amazingly powerful. I'm recognizing it. If you haven't seen it, Google it. And his wife is proud of him because he's doing it. He's stepping outside the boat. I'm gonna declare and decree what God has for me. I was in darkness. I was in gangs. I was this, and he's doing it. And, and I'm watching, and the Lord says, you have a word for him. So for two weeks, I've been trying, I'm coming here, trying to give that because God said what he made public, I'm going to declare over his life and his wife. What he made public. So all day today, I don't know about you this morning, but I had like four opportunities not to be here. Yesterday, I had 10 opportunities not to be here. Did anyone have two or three opportunities this morning going, you know what? I can't make it today. It's just too too hard. I can't can't come. Right, Tiffany? I'm not coming. I talked to Tiffany and and, uh, Aaron earlier, and I'm so glad I came here. I'm so glad they pushed through. I'm so glad you guys all pushed through and got here because there's something for you today. And I said, Lord, as I was driving here, he said, listen, he goes, if someone will grab anything that you're decreeing and declaring today, they can have that. If it's from God. Where's Charlie? If it's from God, right? Say, I'll take some of that. I'll take some of that, what Pastor Brent was releasing with the Word of God today. I'll take some of that. I'll take some of that, what you spoke over, Mitch and Thena, that they will pull others out of darkness, and their testimony will be real. They won't taint it, and they're called to bring people out of darkness. I saw them lowering ropes into pits of despair and pulling them out with their testimony, pulling it out with who who God is in their life. I saw it. And today I'm going, Lord, but they're not here. And he goes, but they're watching right now on Facebook. You're here today. And you say, Lord, it don't make any sense whatsoever. Even if I don't move from my seat, my heart will say, yes, I'll do it. I just decree and declare over your life today God, the fire and the passion that you give to me, God, 29 years ago, I ask that you release that fire and that passion in this house, Lord, that people would experience that same fire, that same passion. That even when it goes to a place of an ember, you just blow on it, and I'm on fire again, Lord. I pray today in this house, over this ministry, God, that you'd light these people on fire, your sons and daughters, Lord, that they would catch fire and never go out, because it is just about your glory. It's about your honor. It's not about personalities. It's not about programs. It's about Jesus. I ask for Mitch and Thine and their family, Lord, that the, the boldness, the fire that you gave me, Lord, I ask that you would give it to them. And to anyone who wants it, because you freely give it, in Jesus' name. So if if they're not done, maybe they'll do 30 seconds or 30 minutes, but you're in here. I'm going to say it again because he won't let me go. You're in here. I don't care how stupid it sounds. I don't care how crazy it sounds. Souls are on the line because of your obedience to say, I'll get out of that boat. I'll get out of that boat.